Iowa everywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chris Williams. Chris. Chris Hassel. Two guys named Chris. Presented by Fairway Meat and Grocery. From the Channel Seed Studios, this is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed. Seedsmanship at work. Hello, welcome to Two Guys Named Chris. It is the 11th of December, 2023. We are presented, as always, by our friends at Fairway Meeting Grocery here live from the Channel Seed Studios. We have a lot to get to today as the Iowa Hawkeye basketball team is 0-2 in the Big Ten. Fran was ejected last night. Iowa State seems to be riding the ship after a tough holiday weekend in Orlando a few weeks ago. And man, I have breaking news. I've done investigative journalism and Chris Hassel. I found Iowa football practice video. We have actual video of the Hawkeye football team practicing. I have exclusive footage of Joey Labus throwing the ball in practice. How are you today? I I'm, I'm great. Just fantastic, man. Woke up on the right side of the bed. Um, you look a little blue. You okay? Yeah. Are you well, sick? This... No, I'm great. I have this new camera because I don't have that shitty Mediacom internet now, and I'm like, it'll yeah. work better. We're just working it. No, I, so, I, I don't know. Your camera is better. Like You look more in focus. Yes. You, you I'm look... not using the computer camera anymore. You're like 4K, but uh, you, you look a little blue. I'll be honest. I think it's just the shirt, honestly. I think we got to, yeah. How about that? Changing now you look uh, just you look brighter but more pale. Now you're even more blue. Oh, you're not as blue there. I don't Welcome know. We'll, we'll figure it out. I have okay, three have spotlights on me. You, you'll have to get Van Winkle over there and well, show you how it's done. Williams has had every sickness and illness, so we got to think of a new, uh, a new term for that. <laughs> how pale I, you look. Yeah. Jeez, it's been a rough go. At there's our the Francon scale and there's the Williams Pale scale. I need to come and hang out in Florida for a couple days. That's that's for damn sure. Uh, we have all that to get to. We do have some more promos that have come in for our WWE Raw contest with Iowa. Hassel, we've had a couple of folks call you out over the weekend. Like really coming. More at your people ass. are calling me out. Coming at your ass. 
Yeah. Well, let one, me guess. Uh, for for my fake elitism. No, one child. Uh, we have a a child has called your ass out in a WWE promo style. Do you have that one, Van Winkle? Maybe we could just yeah, that's right. You want to play it? Yeah, let's just see. We'll do this one, and then we'll do we'll do another submission later. That you got your ass called out by a kid. Let's see it. My name's Little Teddy, but I'm not a teddy bear. I came here to do two things: eat Doritos and kick ass. But the doctors recently told me that I can't eat Doritos. Christmas is a time for giving. The only thing you're going to be getting is pain, hassle, which sounds a lot like asshole, which is what you are. <laughs> I'm 11, going on 12, and I got more balls than you, hassle. Jesus. Oh, but you're too small. You're just a kid. Not only do I survive middle school daily, I've watched every John Wick movie over 50 times, and rumor has it that you don't like dogs. What? That's not true. One last thing, Hassle. You might think you're living the American dream with your podcast and your play-by-play gig, but I look up to the American nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and I'm here to turn your dream into a nightmare. And nobody, and I mean nobody, is going to take these front row seats away from me. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, he, you're right. He did. He came right from my balls. That was Ted Flint's son, Teddy. <laughs> Ah, okay. Sense the, sense the spiciness in there, a little Ted. Oh, yeah, spiciness. that was good. Hell yeah, that was Jeez. really good. Way to go, Teddy. That, that, the, these submissions have been something else. Oh, when are we going to print eat Doritos? When are we going to print the T-shirts? Hassle sounds like asshole. <laughs> yeah, Probably copyrighted. It is. I've heard that uh, only a million times in my life. Um, Matt, real quick, if somebody wants to. Join us at WWE Raw. How do they enter into this contest? Yeah, IOEverywhere.com. That contest will stay up until Thursday, so you can send your submissions in to get those uh, ringside seats next to me and Williams. Otherwise, we got nine other pairs of tickets. Uh, nice nice seats for Raw on Monday, December yeah. 18th. Wells Fargo Yeah, these are good lower-level seats. Like You may as well enter. This is, this is good stuff. Nick says, does Van Dickel think he's Rob Drydeck from Fun Factory with his hat cocked sideways? But pull yourself up again, Van Wink. Pull yourself up. Is he talking What's to me? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. I don't know who Rob Drydeck is from Fun Factory I is. I think it's but... just the angle. I don't think his hat's actually sideways. <laughs> Van Dickel? Is that your new nickname? Hey, Dickel's a good bird. <clears throat> oh, man. Good stuff. All right, let's get right into basketball. Uh, we oh, made a goody. conscious decision. We're not going to talk too much about the Seahawks game specifically because it feels like it was an eternity ago. Miller and I went live on Friday morning and, and did a pretty deep dive on that particular game. All this will bleed together into a bigger basketball conversation hassle, but Iowa is, is now lost its last three games by an average of 18 points. Uh, 0-2 in the Big Ten for the third year in a row. Whatever, kind of on the Seahawks game, because it feels like that game's just a blowout wherever it is right now. That's just how it's it's trending. Uh, but Fran McCaffrey ejected on Sunday. What are your thoughts on Iowa basketball? Mm. I don't even think those numbers do it justice, because if you look at the late stages of the Purdue game and the late stages of this Michigan game, Iowa <laughs> really uh, made it look a little better than it was. Like, the, the what was the final score? They lost by 10? I mean, that they was a 20-point yeah. beatdown. 
Yeah. The Purdue game, that was a 30-point beatdown, and they lost by 19. So, I mean, I they got their asses handed to them three straight games. The Purdue game, that was what it was. Bad spot. Purdue coming off a loss. Always play bad there. Fine. Iowa State game, I thought they would come out to play. They didn't. That was their ugliest game of the season. Lost by 25. Never had a chance in that game. And then coming home, you're a four and a half point favorite against a team that had lost three straight, was under 500 for the season. You have, look, relatively speaking, one of the best crowds you're going to have all season. Like there's actually fans in the stands. They're into it, or at least they wanted to be into it. And, I mean, you just, you can't get a stop, and you totally fall apart in the second half. I mean, nosedive. What'd they give up in the second half? They gave up 55 points in the second half. That's pathetic. And that this was a pathetic loss. I mean, when you're favored by four and a half at home, my God. The, the McCaffrey deal... Kind of is what it is. We've seen Pran do this for the entirety of his career at Iowa. Like This is not a surprise to see him get tossed. Mm-hmm. But in the way that he did it yesterday, you know, that, that game was still, I mean, it was fading, but it was still winnable when he got his first technical. Mm-hmm. And he really, really hurt the team yesterday was my takeaway from it. Like, we've seen these coaches. Bill Self was notorious for this. They will try and get a technical if they feel like their team needs fired up or whatever. I didn't really see the point in what Fran was doing yesterday. You're down 16 at the second. It really just put the team, a good offensive team. Iowa can fill it up. We we know they can. We've, we've seen this group do it. Even like at Creighton, we've seen them have stretches where they can put the ball in the basket. And I don't know. I thought Fran yesterday really... Man, I thought he hurt his team yesterday. I I thought the game was over regardless, but I think Probably, any chance. but it's still it, all a of a sudden game. you look up and it's twenty points. I mean, you you and it's and it's basically over. And they never did make that run to get back in the game. Like they tried, the bench was trying to fire up the fans. They just they can't get stops. I I did like that they put Freeman in to start the game, but yeah, he's he might be their best player. Is he their best player? Is he like, like if we were? I I did a poll. Uh, I think it was after the Iowa State game on who Iowa's best player is. Is it is it uh, Tim or Freeman? Is it Perkins? Is it Sanford or is it somebody else? And it was pretty close between uh, Freeman. And Sanford, it was like almost split and then a drop down to Perkins and a drop down to anybody else. I, I don't know who it is. And I think that's part of the problem. They don't have the Garza anymore. They don't have a Murray twin anymore. They don't have a go-to guy and they don't have any defense. They they just can't stop anybody. And you were spot on with what you said after the Creighton game, that that was kind of a little bit, you thought, fool's gold. 
because the way Iowa stayed in that game with just a bunch of really um when you know metric wise shots that you'd never want to take they were just making all of and them and shots the that Greg McDermott was glad to give them right and they scored a bunch of points they stayed in the game for the most part against a top 10 team and it and it kind of gave us a, a false sense of what this team could be and boy we're seeing they're not good. And look, no one was expecting this team to be great. Mm-hmm. I expected a team that was going to at least compete for a NCAA tournament, be on the bubble. I, it, this does not look like a team that can do that right now. Already 0-2 in the Big Ten, and I know, I know they've done this before, but... Just the way these get this is three straight games now. The way that they've been that they've been just bludgeoned. I I just I don't see it. And there is already this melancholy among the fan base. There's a reason why fans aren't showing up to these games. I mean, what what are you going to games later in the season for after this kind of start? That's the disturbing part of the McCaffrey era to me, because if you just, if you took all the peripheral stuff and threw it and you just looked at like the record Mm -hmm. and going to tournaments, it's like, oh, this isn't bad. This is actually a pretty good era of Iowa basketball. If you, you know, really, if you're just being straight objective by wins and losses, you've got these player of the year candidates, Garza wins, right? Like Mm -hmm. pretty good era. But it's still, nobody wants to go to games. There's just negativity. It's it's disturbing, I think, because, again, it's not that bad right now. Miller, um, John Miller and I did a podcast on Friday, and he he kind of used the term rebuilding year, which I... If if we would have had more time, I would have pushed back on because it's 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 kind of hard to rebuild in 2023 with with the transfer portal and and whatnot. I I did a little bit of a deep dive. I mean, I think I can tell you why they're, they're I I don't think they're very good this year. And I'll eat crow if they come back and win a bunch of games and go to the tournament. I hope they do. It's better for our product and it's way more interesting to talk about when the team doesn't suck. But it's one. It's it's guard. You, we talk about the defense, but their guards just aren't good enough. I thought the key for Iowa this year was that Tony Perkins had to take the step from being a guy to being the man, mm-hmm. and and he he hasn't. Okay, like and whatever. That's just who he is. Let's look around and see who else is there. I didn't realize this. A lot of people are very high on Brock Harding, which I think there's reason to be to think that he's going to have a nice career at Iowa, right? Like I, mm-hmm. when you watch him play, it's like, yeah, this guy's got a little swagger to him. He can hit the three ball. We saw him penetrate a little bit more last night for the first time. I think it was like his fourth two of the year. I looked it up. He didn't have another high major offer. Okay. And again, not saying he's not going to be good. I'm saying look around like it doesn't mean anything. Omaha Blue could have gone anywhere and he's not doing anything, right? That that, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean everything. But the point is like 
to just expect him against, you know, you're playing Iowa State the other night against Tame and Lipsy. That's a grown ass man who is physically just beating the hell out of your guys out there. Their guards are not good enough. Samford's well, fine. But he when have the, their guards ever been good in the McCaffrey era? Man, you've had better guys than this. Um, I mean, even hmm. like Bohannon would, you know, Jordan could. We knew what he would do. He was he was reliable. Marble was good. Uh, Gazelle. <laughs> was better than these guys, right? Like it, but there's there's never been that Monte Morris. There's never been no. those type of guys the, that, the that work. The Andre Woolridges, the Dean Olivers, I, I saying, the Jeff I Horners. Think like, no. With Sanford, even here's the deal with Cricky and those guys, their defense is horrible. Iowa's that's one the, of the worst. That's the problem. Like you see these teams. guys and you tend to focus on oh what they've done on offense, but you watch them on oh. defense. Like the Iowa's the worst the interior defensive team I've seen this year. Oh my god. I mean, well, yeah, I they made State Iowa State look like they they could really do damage dude, inside. Like that was Iowa a good State team is, on the interior. Iowa State is not that good down low. I mean, Trey King is a four playing the five until Hassan Ward comes back and he went at those guys like he was Shaq the other night. And then Michigan's what's the Reed, I think was his name or Hair he hadn't done shit all year. And shows up against Iowa, and he looks like the Incredible Hulk. So I, I, I don't think they're very good this year. I'm not going to call it a rebuilding year because that's <clears throat> this is hard to do in this era. You're saying um, it's it's hard to make that excuse in this era because yeah, of the just, transfer portal. Just go to the portal, and yeah. that's been my critique of Fran for five or six years now. Like, don't, no, don't rebuild, like cut a few guys and like, tell them you're not going to play here, What she's done. I mean, there's, we've seen guys leave and instead of bringing in freshmen, bring in some grown men who can go down there and be an enforcer for you. That's what I would do. I mean, like, they I've, brought it, they brought in Cricky, but again, I mean, he's, he's just, he's an offensive guy. He's not going to, he's perfect for Fran system. Like yeah, he really is well. the perfect Fran guy. I don't know. Many other uh, – here's your one shot, dude, is I don't think the Big Ten's very good. I mean, like Michigan State's like, what, four and six? You know, like the Big Ten is really down this year. So if this is like a typical Fran McCaffrey team, which I don't know that it is because there's no Murray, there's no, there's no go-to guy. And I just don't know if Sanford has the ability to be that guy. I think he could be a very good number two. I don't know if he's a one. Yeah. The if if the trajectory of the typical McCaffrey era, they'll win some games in the Big Ten. But I, it's a blessing and a curse because I just don't know how good this league is and like how many quality wins can you rack up with this particular team. I don't know. Maybe I'm panicking too much, but I, I don't think they're very good this year. I don't think this is a tournament team. You already had apathy going into this season, and fans weren't really looking forward to the season. And then to get beat like this by your biggest rival at home against Michigan. I mean, you talked about critiquing Fran, and if you just look at the numbers, it really, like you said, it's not a bad era. It's it's not. I mean, he's no. they've done some really good things. They've had some great players. They've 
Fran has done an incredible job developing a lot of these guys. But the problem is when you're not beloved and in some ways not likable, you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt from the fan base. You'll have a little, you know, very small group, maybe 5% of the fan base that's always going to back you and that's still fine and that's going to make excuses for you. But all in all, most of the fan base either doesn't really care for Fran or just doesn't care about Iowa basketball anymore. Why is that? It's the weirdest thing to me. When I grew up, Iowa basketball was like a religion for us. We watched every game. It but didn't matter look, if they Tom were Tom Davis was really likable. Oh my and they always had really fun players to watch. Always. And they and they they played in a great conference. It was just I I, I don't know. You you were going to the tournament, you were winning games. You know, you had teams in the 80s that were breaking through to the Elite Eight in the Final Four. And in the 90s, you you were usually always getting to the tournament. You were always winning a game. You were always kind of knocking on the door. But the 90s really, on paper, wasn't that much different than what Fran McCaffrey has done in his time. I, the, I don't know. I, I think also a lot of it has to do with what is he in his 14th year? I mean, it. Yeah, there's fatigue here. No doubt. Absolutely. I mean, th- there comes a time when it would be better for everybody to just have a fresh start, even if that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have some great improvement for the next coach. I mean, our, our comments today have been completely littered with people saying Iowa has to go look at DeVries. Yeah, DeVries, Twitter is the really name heating DeVries up has that. been thrown out 20 times in our comments already. And you know what? That, that, I mean, it sounds too good to be true. And it probably is. Dude, Fran's under contract until 2028. <laughs> That's the thing. So, how do you fire him? You can't fire him after this year. He's missed one tournament. Like, you, you can't right. do that with that contract. And I, I don't know what the buyout is, but like, you would have. Fans would have to not show up. Literally nobody show up for the rest of the season for Iowa to be able to fire him. Because this isn't going to be a Steve Prome thing where you don't win a game. Mm-hmm. Like this, They're not that bad. Like Iowa State, Pollard kind of got let off the hook in that one because he was so terrible mm-hmm. that nobody was going to go to a game next year. And it was during COVID, right? And, it, and Pollard could kind of swallow it and say, like, you know what? We'll pay the buyout because this is so bad. We have to get out of this situation. Fran's that's the problem. He's Fran is the Minnesota Vikings, where you're always going to be on the bubble to get into the playoffs. You're always a wild card team, but you're never bad enough to go and get that first pick, right? <laughs> or you're never good enough in this case to get out of the first round of the NCAA tournament. And it's maddening for a fan base. I think uh, fans who want McCaffrey McCaffrey to go, you're right. There really isn't an avenue to. A dismissal. There's not. You can't. There's too much time and money left on the deal and not enough losing to justify it. You think you have to hope that he's just ready to move on himself. And he's tried. He's tried to get other jobs. I mean, he's went, went hard for the Notre Dame job. Didn't get it. But like, 
but he's he's old. He's getting close to a time where you say, all right, I am thinking about retirement. We heard what his what Jack said, Jack McCaffrey, that he's he's not gonna play at Iowa. And that to me, that made me feel like maybe Fran is thinking about either leaving or hanging it up in the next couple of years. Because I just, I don't see a world where Fran McCaffrey is the head coach at Iowa and Jack McCaffrey is playing on a team against him. I don't see that. You know how that family is. Yeah. What's Margaret going to do? Who's she going to root for? I think a lot of good points, uh, a lot of good stuff in our comments section, everybody watching on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, we... I, I have the, okay, we'll lighten things up a little bit. I know what Iowa basketball needs. I know exactly what you guys need right now. You need to get this guy courtside sick tickets and get him to a game right here. <laughs> the uh, well, What do we call this guy? So if you're listening to the podcast, you don't see the picture. What do we call this guy? This He's is the, the guy who guy Matt Campbell Ohio. put in a coffee can. What, what what do you call him? Hot seat guy. I just think he's hot seat guy, right? Hot seat this, guy. Yeah. We need to drape this guy in Hawkeye gear, put him courtside right next to Fran McCaffrey, and he can just yell, "Yo, yo, Fran, you're on the hot seat!" And then well, the Hawkeyes are going to turn it around and win the damn Big Ten. Do you remember? I think it was that that game last year that Iowa lost as like a thirty point favorite. Remember that there was a story about Illinois. some. Yeah, about some on, fan. That's who Iowa State plays in like a week and a half. I'm terrified of Look that out. Game. The fan, there was a report that some yeah. fan came running down from the from his seat, it, like into the huddle and started yelling at the players and getting on their ass. To play defense? Yeah. <laughs> and that and Margaret just went nuts. Again though, like that that's only something that could happen in Carver Hawkeye Arena. True. It would be drowned <laughs> out by any other crowd. Like it's well, I'm crazy. telling you, man. You you go. What, what do they they have coming up? They've got uh, Florida A and M on Saturday. Then they have UMBC on Wednesday, and then Northern Illinois on Friday, December the 29th. Before they get back into Big Ten play, dude. I, mean, I don't that, want to that, be a that, dick, but those games are. Some of those are scary, like the way they're playing right now. If they're not up for one of those, I mean, oh, I don't boy. think they should have a problem with Florida A&M. Oh, Jesus. Like, no, we got we got major issues in the Hassel house. What's going on? Why is that dog barking? Is there a ghost? Well, because my wife is on this never-ending crusade to like redo every room in the house. Oh, God. And all of these people, they come... They get here right about the time we're doing the podcast. And then the dog barks. And it gives what? it some character. What's it he humanizes you. He's what? Okay. So now the dog's going to bark for the next 10 minutes. Did you know that dogs can see ghosts? Dogs can see ghosts, but. Yeah. But we can't. Like they have like a different sense. Than, than we do. Uh, two guys named Chris presented as always by our friends at Fairway 
meat and grocery. Remember, you can use promo code Chris and get $10 off an exclusive offer for podcast listeners. We want you guys to give meat boxes to your friends and loved ones for Christmas. $10 off, or excuse me, 10% off promo code Chris, but you have to do it at fairwaymeatmarket.com. Fairwaymeatmarket.com. They've got the Master Carver Ham. Mmm. A Christmas the ham. Master Carver Ham? Yeah. Like, like like for Carver Hawkeye Arena? Yeah, I guess. No, it's uh, something else. They also have a holiday meat package, mm. which includes four ribeyes, four strip steaks, six pork chops, two Iowa chops. How incredible so is that? So what's the difference between an Iowa chop and a pork chop? I don't know. I'm sure one of our comments. I had an Iowa chop this weekend. I think, I think the Iowa chop compared to a pork a little... chop. Well, I think they consider the Iowa chop with like the bone on. Like uh, okay. It's like a cut, T-bone. Like a, like a thick cut. Board. Like yeah. T-bone pickings? I smoked some uh, surf and turf this weekend. Salmon so what was guy. the what was the surf? What is that? Salmon? Salmon, yeah. It'll salmon with is, some it, is salmon the one that swims up the stream or yes. against... They swim upstream and the bears just kind of... The so the tuna goes down the stream. Sure. It was good though, man. That that Seinfeld fairway episode. that fairway fillet is money. Mm. I uh, My wife told me last night she is going to be cooking a pot roast with... Mm. One of the fairway meats, which she said it, it, it's it's a a wagyu a wagyu pot roast. Is that possible? Never heard such a thing for Christmas. Is that what you're talking about? For this week, it's my oh. birthday week, so she's uh she's your she's birthday week. To cook all my God, favorite like things. My yeah. Well, I, look, man. There's only a few it. things in life you can celebrate. Happy birthday, We're not going to be brother. celebrating many Iowa basketball wins. Um, I'll give some insight on Iowa State here. I, I do want to um, have time to talk about football, too, because i got to get to this breaking Labus practice video that I've stumbled across. Uh, I saw Iowa State had another one of those, those patented noon tip-offs oh, on Sundays. The TJ Yachts like- special. They won by like 50 against Prairie View A&M. Guess what it did, though? Up to oh, eight I'm in the I'm sure they rankings. jumped up eighth? Eighth. God. You know what they did, too? I, I was telling um, Connor Ferguson this during the Cyhawk game. I'm like, he's not going to call the dogs off in this game. So, yeah, I, I was just going to ask you that. I mean, is it worth now really... Just be the looking shit out at of these huge lines and just taking the favorites in these huge lines in college basketball because these teams know that if you beat them <laughs> by thirty five instead of twenty nine, it's going to make a difference in your ratings. I think it's, I think it's definitely possible. Yeah, it's like it really does matter. And the other thing is with these analytics, they favor offensive teams. Like these analytics really love offense, so and, the, and, and it's hurt Iowa State the last couple of years because they've been primarily a defensive team. But wait, did th- you was know this, th- is this a picture from yesterday? Yeah, they had that many fans against. Yeah, the bottom that team always at noon full. on man. It's just a, it's, a, it's a different ball game in Ames compared to Iowa City these days. The, no, 
Hilton really is. It doesn't matter the opponent. It's three-fourths full. Now, I'm sure yesterday the student section wasn't great because it's finals week and it's a noon tip on Sunday. Like I, I, I bet it was le- considerably less than normal. Are the students it, it, still in session? Yeah, this is it's finals week now. So this is the week. This is like the worst week in sports in my mind because there's hardly any basketball games. It's pretty much the NBA until, well, we get two NFL games tonight, but... Tuesday and Wednesday of this week are terrible because there's all the college teams are on finals. So if you want mm-hmm. like a catch up on a Netflix series or something, this is this is kind of the week to do it. No, Iowa State, to be honest, they were way better than I thought they'd be yesterday. I'm not going to give too much analysis on that game. This is notoriously a bad spot for Iowa State. The the game after Iowa right before you get into the finals. We have seen Iowa State sleepwalk in this game so many, because it's always against a bad opponent. I was really impressed that they were as locked in as they were. Did Baloo get in at all? Yeah, he played. He had nine he points did. yesterday. Yeah. Okay, okay, he, good. Because if he didn't get in in that game, I no, was going to start asking some real tough questions. They put him in before the first media timeout yesterday. Okay, the problem good. was he got into foul trouble early, so he only played 13 minutes, but he had nine points. He he looked more comfortable yesterday than he has all year, for what it's worth. That's what the the next three games are all bad by games for Iowa State. But I want to see Baloo and this Curtis Jones from Buffalo went five of five from three yesterday. He's the guy they gotta get rolling off the bench for them. And they're off to a good start. But again, they they were really locked in. Usually the Sunday after the Iowa game is a no-brainer. Iowa State will sleepwalk in and out of that one, and they were locked in, scored 107 points against a bad team, albeit. But the game did what it was supposed to because they moved up, and they are now eighth in the net rankings heading into the second week of December. Eighth in the net, and they they probably still won't sniff the AP Top 25 today, correct? I would guess that maybe they'll get some votes, but I don't Oh, they'll think get they'll some be. votes, but I don't think yeah. they'll sniff the top 25. And I don't know if they should, to be honest. Like, you know, the Iowa win, unfortunately, is going to keep getting worse, I think. <laughs> like, really. Like, by, by the end of the year, take- people are going to be like, well, you only beat them by 25. No, I don't even think that. It's just I had a bunch of my premium subscribers on Cyclone Fanatic asking me, like, how does that translate? And I was like, honestly, I don't think it does. Because. The Iowa bigs were so bad in that game on defense. Like, Robert Jones is not going six of six from the field against anybody else. Hmm. He's gotten a lot better. He is not doing that against anybody else. Like, I just don't know how it translates from the interior side of things offensively for Iowa State. So I'm kind of like rivalry game. you, You beat the crap out of them, but I'm not like, okay, try doing that against Houston. In three oh, weeks, God, you know, try try playing that way against Houston in three weeks, and tell me if it's gonna. I I hope it does. If it does against those guys, you're probably playing in the Final Four. I just Trey Trey King and Robert Jones. Trey King isn't even a five, and that's what they had him playing out there for a while. They went 14 of 17 from the field against Iowa, with however many free throws on top of it. They're not doing that again this year. Iowa State has a stretch. Late January, early February, over the span of about 10 days, where they have number two Kansas, 
Number six, Baylor. And number 12, Texas. Ugh. And these are rankings from, from last week. I understand that a lot of you are going to be listening to this after the new rankings come out. This, this new Big 12 is insane. And, and then you've got a team like BYU. BYU is third in the net. Started the season just playing out of their ass. They did just lose at Utah, but a team that was in the top 15 in the AP poll. And next year, you're going to be bringing in Arizona, number one team in the country last week. I mean, I I was doing a game uh, at Middle Tennessee this weekend with B.J. Taylor, who was an all-conference guard at UCF, and he does a lot of the UCF home games. On, They're not bad this year. On ESPN Plus. I mean, it, it's just crazy to think about the level of competition that they've just stepped up into. I mean, going from the American to this, this meat grinder, my God. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be really tough on teams like that, on programs like that. The cool thing, if you're an Iowa State fan though, it's like that home. Big 12 schedule is sick. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is it is sick. Like, those games, like, that atmosphere against Iowa is going to be commonplace, you mm-hmm. know, once you hit January 1. But every time you go into Hilton, it's going to be like that. But, yeah, BYU's the big surprise. Like, there's really none of these new Big 12 teams are bad. I thought UCF would be terrible. They're, like, top 75 Kimpom right now. No, they, they may not be to end the year. But really, mm-hmm. the bad teams are Oklahoma State right now. Like there, there's some of those types of programs that are, but yeah, the the metrics of that league look look great at this point. Um, you were telling me, so you had your first game of the year, and you said you had a wild experience. You wanted to tell me what happened. You didn't know. You don't what? know what happened. No, I don't know what happened. I was so out of it all weekend. So we we were. But getting ready to film the open, to shoot the open, and all of a sudden get an alert on the phone, tornado warning. What? And then oh my a minute God. later, a I minute read about later, these. The, the guy, the PA guy, makes an announcement that we all have to, to leave and go into the tunnels underneath the stadium. Because the stadium's kind of, it's a lot, little like Carver, it's below ground, and then the tunnels are even further underground. And so they sent all of us, fans included, into the tunnels. And we were delayed for like 30, 35 minutes. And the CBS Sports Network crew had to scramble in the studio. Matt Norlander's texting me because he's in studio. He's like, what's going on? And they had to like stretch and just do a studio stretch for like a half hour as we figured things out. And it, it there wasn't a... I don't think, anyway, a confirmed tornado that I've heard about that was in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, which is about 30 miles southeast of Nashville. But all that afternoon and evening, I was watching the local news because there were confirmed tornadoes ripping through highly populated areas just north of Nashville. And a tornado that unfortunately killed at least six people that had already been confirmed by, because we there, there were sheriffs there and they were kind of spreading the news that this was a nasty system that was coming through Tennessee. And so I, I, I kind of thought that we might get this. In fact, I was talking with their play-by-play voice, Chip Walters, earlier in the day. And 
talking about, you know, what, what, what's the scenario here? What happens if there's, and he's like, well, we've had tornado warnings here during games and you got to stop the game. You got to go underneath the stadium. It's, it, it was wild. Josh Pate was out storm chasing. That's one of the reasons wow. he loves the cyclones because he's obsessed with tornadoes and he loves the logo. Does he know about the tornado game in 2005? I don't know if he does or not. I bet he does. It'd be a great, great piece for him. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it was all, it it, it was fine. We didn't have a tornado come through Murfreesboro that I know of, but it was almost two years to the day that a tornado ripped through another conference USA school, Western Kentucky, which is Murfreesboro is south of Nashville, Western Kentucky, which is in Bowling Green, Kentucky is north of Nashville by about an hour that killed 17 people. I mean, these these December tornadoes can be just uh, it's wild. epic in that yeah. part of the country. So well, I'm glad yeah, it was you're a, safe, man. Yeah, I didn't was, know any of this happened. <laughs> it threw everything for a loop. And our our producers, like our producer and our director, weren't there. It was a what would they call a Remy game, remote production. So oh. they were in a studio, like in Connecticut. And so I was having to relay information to them, like because they oh, they needed hard. to know, like how long are we going to be out here? How long is the the CBS Sports Network studio crew going to have to stretch? And so I was trying to get information from, you know, the the athletic directors that were there and the the sheriffs and all that. And the the nickname for the arena that we were in is called the Glass House because <laughs> there's so much glass around the outside of it. Not a great place to be if a tornado rolls through. Man, that's terrifying. Well, glad you made it. What else? Did, you said that uh, B.J. Taylor had a take on Caitlin Clark. You oh, yeah. To so too. What's this? I want to ask this. you. I want to ask you this. Because he, he says he's had this conversation with friends of his. How many points per game would Caitlin Clark average if she played for the Iowa men's basketball team? I don't know the answer to that. Guess. Just guess. What would you, what? Just 10? Put her in that position. 10. Interesting you say that. Because that's exactly what he said. He said, I think the way she plays, most most women, you know, you put them in a men's game, if you're an interior player, it's, you're not going to She could pull up from anywhere though. But that's the thing. With her range, he says, and look, the guy played at a super high level. He was on NBA rosters as well. He he says he he legitimately thinks that she would average 10 points a game and be a, like, if she didn't have to be, like, the go-to player, if she could be a role player, just a three-point assassin, that she would average 10 points a game in major college basketball. Just coming because off screens, of, getting in the corner. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. And he says he's had this argument with friends of his that just don't think that she would be able to score. And he said, but don't give it to me. It's BS. She can. And and I, I think she could too. I was think it's weird. I was thinking about this the other night when when Iowa was losing to Iowa State and every, there was that joke going around, like they need Caitlin Clark. There mm-hmm. was a lot of people. And I, and I, I actually thought about that. I'm like, you know, I bet she would help him. It's because so, of the position. You know, that's another thing, too. It's like we talk about Omaha Baloo. One of the issues he's having is his position. He's 
18 going up against most post players in college basketball now, like Ben Cricky and Robert Jones and Trey King. These guys are like 23, 24 years old. Right. But like the position that Caitlin plays, it's it on a roster like that. She, she, she shooting doesn't go away. It doesn't matter. Right. And the range is just, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to even wrap your mind around it. Cause you don't, you do not see it in the men's game. I'm sure there are some men's players that would love to be able to have that kind of green light and they would shoot it from out there. I don't know if they'd shoot it at that percentage. You just never see it in the men's game. You, you only see it in the NBA from the Steph Curry's of the world. I'm going to go see all of our friends from Channel Seed tomorrow night. Do you know that? <laughs> Look at B- B- Bombo has a funny comment. You guys say the problem with Iowa is their defense and you want a woman to play for them. <laughs> no offense to women. Now, look, I, I, she's not going to lock down anybody, I don't think, defensively, but I think she could help the team. Anyway, I'm sorry that I upset John Miller by interrupting another one of your promo reads. It's fine. Hey, did you guys notice uh, the new Channel Seed logo? Oh, look at that. That's sexy. Yeah, I'm going up to uh, Dustin's tomorrow night. Gonna go to a little uh, Channel Seed Christmas gathering. Oh, you gonna spread Junction. your seed with the seedsman? I'm gonna go spread and spread your Christmas my seed, seed all over Grand Junction, Iowa. You see the little little seed right at the top there? Oh, is the that green, what that is? A little green seed there. Yeah. I'll be damned. Oh yeah, it's a teeny okay. tiny little seed. Okay, yeah, I see you, Channel. All right. Hey, we got another one of these um, hassle callouts. From over the weekend, a promo cut by my old buddy Tim Scheib. He's a real. Why is everybody agent. calling me out? I don't know. I didn't see this one. Oh, have to look for it. it. Let me look for it. It's on TikTok. I'm sorry, I put it in the promo. You or in the rundown. You must not have seen it. I I should have sent it to you prior. We'll we'll do that here coming up. Um, Jaden Daniels wins the Heisman for LSU. So you're a Heisman voter, huh? Yeah, it, that's that's who I voted for. I will t- say this. It's really fun and easy to criticize the Heisman voters. It's kind of hard to vote for. Like, if you take it as seriously as I do, like, it's a really challenging <clears throat> deal these days because it's such a quarterback-heavy sport anymore. Mm-hmm. Because the quarterback—that's the just, problem that I have with these these awards now. The Heisman Trophy, the the NFL MVP. It just you, you've you you eliminate every other position but quarterback. So and I most try of the time you have to be a quarterback on on the best team. I I always try and put a non quarterback on my ballot, no matter what. Uh, I actually voted for Aiden Hutchinson one year when he played for when he was a finalist at Michigan. That was my vote. I have Marvin Harrison Jr. on it this year, and I and I mean it. Had Cooper DeGene not gotten hurt, I was going to put him on my ballot because I think that he is the absolute definition of outstanding. Mm-hmm. Right when when you look at the special team plays that he made, you you've seen them both in person. I didn't have Bo Nix or Michael Penix on mine. I just like Bo Nix to me is a really good college quarterback who played in this great system that allowed him to put up a ton of numbers. Penix is a phenomenal quarterback. 
Like they, those guys could both win the Davy O'Brien Award, but I really try and focus on the word outstanding when I when I vote on this. And Daniels, to me, I I was gonna vote for Daniels with like two weeks to go, and I was gonna watch everything. I actually put Jalen Milrow as my third. I thought because, that he probably oh. should have gotten an invite to New York. Dude, he if you watch those last two games, Bama's really not that good offensively this year. I know they have good players, but their offensive line is suspect. Like they he absolutely put that team on his back the last two weeks. And I mean, if you're just saying like the word outstanding, that guy mm-hmm. is an absolute freak. Like I'm confident I could put Bo Nix on Alabama this year and he's hmm. not making the plays that Jalen Milrow was. That's a good point. So that that was kind of how I broke it down, but man, it's a really hard thing if you take it seriously to to narrow it down to to three guys. I thought about Ollie Gordon, and I said to myself, I want to see how he does against Texas's rush defense. If he goes out there and puts up 150, 250 yards against that team, he's on my ballot. He didn't. He had 34 yards. Couldn't mm-hmm. move the ball against that vaunted Texas rush defense. Outstanding. No, pushed him aside. So. That was how I thought through it this year. What did you think? I, I thought the right guy won it. I mean, we tend to um, punish players for their team losing games. LSU lost three games. They didn't lose those three games because of Jaden Daniels. They won nine games because of him. Like That, that team isn't that good. But Jaden Daniels, the stuff that he did, it was too good to ignore. Yeah. And Penix and Knicks never really took that baton and ran with it. Like Penix had the opportunity. He did. Like he, if he would have performed like he did against Oregon in the two games he played against Oregon throughout the majority of the season, I think he probably wins it. But he he was not doing much at all between those Oregon games and like those six or seven games. Like he just wasn't that good. He really wasn't. Mm-mm. Certainly not good enough to, in my opinion, earn a first place vote for the Heisman. He was great in some instances, but not throughout the course of the season. Nick's was, I think, more um, steady, but didn't come up big when it mattered the most. And so, in Maserati Marv, Marvin Harrison, best player, but he didn't have. The numbers. No. Like you even compare him to the LSU wide receiver. Not even close. Is it neighbors? Yeah. Not even close. Like Marvin Harrison's probably the best player and and he's the best player in the draft. Yeah. Even over Caleb Williams. Not going to be taking number one because he's not a quarterback, but he's the best. But he didn't do enough. I just hope we get to a point again where we can start considering these other players like you I do just, i i think it'd be hard it, only in the sense that it's such an offensive sport anymore like these guys like DeGene, like we romanticize about them here but nationally it's just an offensive sport you know like it the days of charles woodson being like this romanticized figure national i, I don't know but Woodson was able to do it on offense, too. I mean, he played right. some offense. He returned punts like DeGene did. He would score touchdowns on defense like DeGene would do. It has to be Good somebody point. like that. Because I like 
when Indomitian Sue didn't win it. Yeah, you're right. I saw your post about that. I completely agreed. I mean, yeah, he we, was a we, lot we lost better our and way more dominant the, than Hutchinson. We lost our way when the Danny Warfels and the yeah. who was that Oakle or you know the Oklahoma, Danny White, Jason White, Jason, Jason White. White, yeah. When when those guys started winning the Heisman, we lost our way. Yeah, it was just it was just a system quarterback on the best team. You know who started all that? Mike Leach. It was when Leach went and installed that air rated uh, Oklahoma and they started putting up mm-hmm. all these numbers and we're like, holy shit, this is incredible. That guy threw for 50 touchdowns and we didn't know any better at the time. Mm-hmm. And we've never really kicked out of it because now everybody's running pieces of the air raid and that type of stuff. And I mean, again, it's not a disrespect thing to Bo Nix. It's just I, I truly think if if you put Rocco backed on Oregon, he would have really good numbers. I don't John know wants would... to know what qualifications you need to get a Heisman vote, like you. Like, how did you end up voting for the Heisman? They just asked me after so many years. I mean, you have to kind of like, oh, I we didn't... got this guy. He's got this Cyclone yeah. Fanatic website and a radio yeah. show. I mean, I, I hope it's because I've proven myself a little bit to be. But I did. Do you think like... they have scouts out there, Heisman voter scouts? Like, no, they what they do is going through by... every little piece of. Uh, everything written. It goes by state, so like there's a representative in each state that chooses or that yeah. Well, like Keith gets a vote. Keith has a vote for the Heisman, or at least yeah. he used to. Yeah, he. I think he still does. I honestly don't know exactly how it works, but I mean, I didn't get one until. I mean, this is almost 20 years into this thing. I think I I didn't get one until like year 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. So you. They don't just hand them out. They like probably it, work it with. They probably work with like the schools, uh, like media relations people to see like who's been here covering this team for X amount of years. That'd be my guess. Maybe. Um, anyways, Dickel. so we had that that happened over the weekend. Shohei Otani signs with the Dodgers. This sucks well, let for me, me and Matt. Let me launch into my triple B. Oh, okay. You want to do your triple B? Bigger, better, bolder. Powered by Kelderman Manufacturing. And manufacturing. Triple B is Shohei Otani. Because really? oh, okay. look, money. He got, he got more money than a- anyone thought he could get. He's not even going to pitch next year. And he doesn't have to move. He stays in the same spot. Angels to Dodgers, L.A. Like, it's perfect. This made me sick. That's, this made me sick. I'm a yeah, Giants fan. That's a so tough I one for both of us. Well, and then I just found why, out why the Giants. Care? Well, I guess you're yeah, Braves fan, Giants fan. Uh, but you brutal. had to know this was going to happen. Dodgers get Dodgers can will just pay more than anybody else. And it's a backloaded contract too. So. They're just going to keep adding B? people. Me? Yeah. Bruh. Debo. Oh, yeah, okay. Different player on the same back team. Back-to-back weeks, he's had 100 yards receiving, a rushing touchdown, and a receiving touchdown. The Niners are the first place team in the NFC now after the Eagles crapped their pants to the Cowboys last night. So, the, the, There's no question to me that the Niners are the best team in the NFC. 
Now, you, you can make an argument maybe for the Cowboys, but the Cowboys have who they beat. No, they played. Other than we the Eagles. The I don't think the Eagles are that they good. The Eagles, they have been compared, and I don't know if, Williams, if you were the one to say this as well, but I've heard other people say it. The Eagles this season have won so many close games. They're a lot like last year's Vikings team. Mm, interesting. That they've won 13 games, but they weren't that good. And, the, and we're seeing it right now. 49ers are starting to separate themselves with the Cowboys as the two best teams in the NFC. And I think the 49ers are the best team in the league by a lot. Well, it makes you long for the 90s when the Niners and Cowboys are up Ooh, there, right? Would, I'd you... sign up right now for a Niners-Cowboys oh, NFC Championship game. God, that'd be awesome. And I say that as a, my team's going to be in the playoffs, but I know we're one and done. Yeah. You see that game? It was like a Big Ten West game out in Vegas yesterday. Our poor pal, Eric Murphy, who lives in Minneapolis, as big a Vikings fan as you are, that some bitch traveled all the way to Vegas to watch that game. Now, his team won, mm. but that had to be one of the worst NFL games. Brutal. Like, like we don't even see Iowa games that end 3 nothing, or that are 0-0 into the fourth. Ugh. Did you see there were uh, the Jets game? It was all punts in the first half. Every series was a punt. And this game almost had it, too. I think there was like an interception or something, but there was almost two, they call it immaculate halves. <laughs> the sickos call it the immaculate half, I should say. <laughs> Hassel's been called out again, this time by a local real estate agent, my old buddy, the pride of Clorinda, Iowa, Tim Scheib, on our TikTok account. Let's check this out. Chris Hassel. That guy who was once loyal to Iowa. The guy that worked for ESPN and was a big shot. Now he works for what, like CBS or something? Please, he ain't gonna show. Yeah, this is one of those times where won't work. I think it's time <laughs> Van Winkle and Williams go hassle-free. And I know who can fill that other seat. It's me. Chris Hassel. That guy who... <laughs> He's right, I'm not gonna show. Like, I could be in town with nothing to do and you couldn't get me there i wouldn't want you there you'd ruin it it's like taking my wife to a dirt race yeah i know it's dirty and loud i get it you'd be like oh it's fake yeah no shit stop ruining it for everybody I think I would be disgusted by like your front row. You're going to get like sweat on you and stuff. I actually blood. think technically we're second row, but it doesn't matter. You're close enough where you're. you're just it really disgusts. Like I, I have friends that call like Todd Grisham. He calls big boxing matches. You get sweat and blood all over you. <laughs> you don't. Yes, you do. Not yes, you do. Pro wrestling event. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm. T- that's At, a great he, quote you get blood all of- <laughs> you do like Come he has on. he has to take like aids tests after he calls events <laughs> he does oh my God. are you are you are you putting people in danger yeah actually they have to sign a release form before they go with us that if they get aids that they can't sue <laughs> Iowa everywhere, the Iowa Event Center. <laughs> oh, God. Last but certainly not least, I found 
Iowa football practice video. We've been asking, you've been asking for this hassle for two years. <laughs> and I, I go on Joey Lab, our friend of the program, Joey Labus, big fan of this kid. And he's out there. You know how these guys, when they enter the transfer portal now, they start posting all this video, like trying mm-hmm. to get people to recruit them. And Labus, since he doesn't have any game reps, and he certainly doesn't want to show that bowl game against Kentucky with that terrible... Look at this. Practice video. Joey Labus throwing it 40 yards down the field and hitting a wide receiver in stride hassle. What do you think of this? This I, is unbelievable. The The first thing that comes to mind is... I'm surprised Iowa even gave him this video. Look at this. Like, Hit him in stride. It, it, a wide open wide receiver. If I'm Iowa, I don't want in any of this video getting out. What what is going on? All we all we've heard is how much better Deacon Hill is in practice. And here we've got Joey Labus just launching it all over the field. Left and right and over the middle. And whoa, this is a play from the bowl game. What is it? Probably a little 15-yard dump to the tight end. <laughs> well, you got you to gotta mix in at least. That was, that's a good throw. Yeah. Well, Who is that? Regani or Ragaini. We, we got a glimpse of this uh, a week or so ago when, was it Vines that went into the portal and he put out uh, some practice video of him catching deep bombs from an unknown <laughs> quarterback. It looked like number five, though. It looked like Joey Labus in that video, too. I I mean, it, it is like we're kind of tongue-in-cheek here, but look, they're practicing plays 40 yards down the field. Where the hell is all of this during a game? And it's against the Iowa defense. Now, So he's playing a different offense then. <laughs> All right, right. We're yeah, like is, we're is he? Here. Yeah, he's like scout. Is he scout team? And he's pretending to be Michigan and JJ McCarthy in these. I don't know, but it's just it. It feeds again into the narrative, and it just pisses you off. It really does. Oh my god! When I stumbled upon this, I I was doing research for the show last night at like midnight, and yeah, I, I woke up to that text message from you. I wanted to call you so bad and Facetime you and be like, "Hassle, you won't even believe what I just found." I went to bed and it at like nine thirty last night. It was probably halftime of the Cowboys Eagles game. I go to bed early on Sunday nights. I, I need that full eleven hour, twelve hour restart Jesus. for the week. The, I thought it was it was funny that the comments to his uh, to his tweet. Where'd you send that? Did you send that to me or the group chat? The group chat. All right. So I pull it up, and the comments are like, "Hmm, seems like exactly what Iowa needs." <laughs> uh, oh, this is the kind of QB that Iowa could use. This other guy, Iowa should take a look. Four star dual threat. Another guy says, Hawks should look at this guy. Are they just... Never mind. All right. uh, Last but certainly not least, I had the most depressing, not surprising, but depressing event of my life on Friday night. So we we took the girls to see Santa Claus. We always have gone to the Valley West Mall. 
I don't know why. The first year we had Cameron, that was the place we picked, and we've gone there ever since. Uh, oftentimes, it's the um, you know you the same Santa Claus, and like you, you it's a, it's just a kind of a family tradition. And up until this year, like we've always had to wait in line every time we have to wait in line. And we all know that malls are, for the most part, dying, not in every scenario. I mean, Jordan Creek is doing really well out there. But I'm I'm telling my wife, I'm like, I'm paranoid. I'm like, get a reservation. I don't want to wait in line for two hours because that's happened to us so many times. So we get you on. waited and we get in line for hours for Santa Claus? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Jesus. And we get a reservation. It's like 5 o'clock on Friday. And we show up to the Valley West Mall, and I'm like, man, like, park anywhere you want on a Friday night. This is wild during the holidays. Chris, there was not a single family in line to see Santa Claus. That place is dead. Like, there, there's, what, like, 10 store. There's JCPenney, and, like, every other store is basically closed. It was a very humbling experience. For the old days, and it just was like a. <clears throat> I again, I know these malls and stuff are a thing of the past. We all have Amazon now. Like, it's not shocking to me. It was like, holy shit, we're in a completely new era of America now. It was very, and Elise was just freaking out. She's terrified of Santa Claus. She doesn't well, want see, him to come in her room. Why do you take? Why I was, t- I didn't want to see Santa Claus when I was a kid either. So my parents didn't take me. Why do you force this on kids? Because she's got to tell him what she wants. You take her into a deserted mall and set her on the lap of some guy who calls himself Santa Claus. She wasn't on his lap. She was next to him and I was holding her hand. You can see the photograph. And why was like usually, as, as I remember it, in malls, Santa was like always set up kind of in the middle, and there was all this great, you know, red and white, um, uh, just Christmas stuff around him. What the hell is this? It looks like Santa's got a green chair that they slid up against a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> what is this? What is he backed up against? Is that it almost looks like a Halloween type? It's Carlos O'Kelly's Mexican Cafe. (laughs) Carlos O'Kelly's Mexican Cafe. Santa Claus will be appearing tonight from 6 to 10 p.m. Bring your kids. Enjoy some chips and guac and Santa Claus. What is this? What is that that he's backed up against? It used to be this this majestical Christmas wonderland, and it was not that this year. Why is it orange and green? I mean, they celebrate Christmas in Mexico. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that they're still using like red and white and candy canes and shiny things. I mean, what is this? Well, we will not be going back to the Valley West Mall next year. That's it. I reckon uh, Bass Pro is in our future. Oh, they got Santa at Bass Pro? Yeah, that's a good setup there. It's just, again, nostalgia. We always take the kids to Valley West. And um, sometimes you got to 
You gotta call the audible, right? You're right, though. That might, did used to be the place to go see Santa. They had yeah, the they best had that, Santa there. They, they had the best story there. They had the best setup and yeah. everything. Like it, it was, it was awesome, and it's completely dead. Uh, Matt there, says there that are he heard things. that there are ghosts that it's haunted there. So there's more ghosts than people at the uh, Vatty West Mall. Kurt's watching on YouTube. He said, I had that chair in college. I always wondered where it went. That looks like a chair that the Grinch would sit on. <laughs> what are they doing? No wonder why nobody's going out there to see Santa at the Valley West Mall. That looks like a terrible Santa setup. Where are the elves and the reindeer? There used to be all that stuff. And the candy canes. They're not there anymore. Santa, the good news I, is that we were able to tell the big man what we wanted. So you force your little daughter to go sit on this guy's lap. Look at this Van Winkle or video. Else, or else he won't know what to get her? How many years ago See, this was this? this is a story Winkle? I did at WHO. This was 10 years ago. Look at, Look at that. the it's line. Just that's, that's at Valley West? This is a Valley West mall. Yeah, that is not the setup that you had, Williams. Are you sure that was even Santa Claus? That you, that that might have been like a rinky dink guy. That, did you helper. did you have to pay him? Did you? I didn't pay him, but who'd, I wasn't very you happy pay? with whoever was doing the photography. Ripped us off. What what did they kind charge? Look at that off, kid actually. just bawling his eyes out. I'm <laughs> always good with paying. Like, yeah, I'll buy one photo. Because it's just, it's a good thing to do, support that local business. <laughs> they absolutely <laughs> ripped us off this year. Hey, this year, it, it was Bondurant, like a minimum. You had to spend $39.99 on photographs. This it year, the Bondurant Library did a free photo of Santa. Next year, you're coming with me. I'm taking the kid. Wait a second. Just like I took him to Disney on Ice, I'm taking him to see Santa. All right. Pull deal. up that picture again of, of, you paid thirty nine ninety five for that picture. Well, you get all of them, and they give you like printouts. But yeah, what do you mean all of them? Well, there's one so picture. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, I did. I was pretty pissed off. I was not very friendly to the photographer on the way out because I and then you in the you past had to tell it was Elise, like now, okay. now Elise, you have to realize that this 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 picture bundle is one of your presents. That's coming out of your it, it, Christmas fund. It was very deceiving how this photography place did it. I thought I was going to have to pay like $9 for a couple of printouts, which I'm fine with. We do one every year so we can see the girls growing up and all that stuff. And I was pretty pissed off when I found out that you had to buy this like giant-ass package of their shitty photo. Why couldn't you go up there, see Santa, and just take a picture with your iPhone? They won't let you do that? Uh, no, they won't because that's that defies their uh, business model. I didn't know that Mall Santas had a business model. Yeah. I thought that the mall... It's a very lucrative thing for these. Well, no, it's like the Santas are, are, are just the, hired, the, by, but they have to hire these This is what I assume. Yeah. I assume the mall hires the Santa. Well, no, Santa hires... You know, it's no. It's the mall the hires Pole. the Santa, so because that gets people in the mall that will then, in their mind, go to other places and buy stuff. Correct. So but you, now there's no. So stores. you shouldn't have to pay the Santa or the photographer. 
Now there's no stores, so nobody goes there to shop, and then they go see Santa at other places. <laughs> oh my god! It was a depressing night. Like it. Oh, Zach it was like Zach says that Bass Pro lets you take your own photos. Yeah, I'm going there. We're gonna go there next year. <laughs> hey, p- pull that picture back up again, Van Wink. Circle Herc. <laughs> Circle Herc says. That's the saddest Santa I've ever seen. He's smaller than the kids. <laughs> yeah, you could fit four of them in that Grinch chair. It's true. Your oldest daughter is just as big as Santa Claus. How small is this guy? Did they make an elf dress up as Santa? Well, that, that's often what happens is the elves will go because Santa can only be in one place at a time and he's got to be at all these places. This yeah, but time the elves year. are like that three guy feet probably tall. is an elf. He probably is an elf. The real Santa was in in Carlos O'Kelly's just smashing margs. <laughs> With Gary Dalton. What a what a terrible experience. And Steve Alford. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> Carlos O'Kelly's. Carlos O'Kelly's Mexican Cafe. Is there even a Carlos O'Kelly's? Fully snobby dad. Huh? Do those even exist anymore? Or are they I don't know. Well, that's again, like this world is just changing. And then, yeah, just to like at Iowa State, they don't even make like Campbell. They don't even make him go to the Carlos O'Kelly's or the Applebee's. Right. He gets to do it from like that's inside the football offices. That's a thing of the past. Yeah. Well, you know, it used to be a really big deal. Those Monday night shows, you go out there and shake Dan McCartney's hand and oh, man, here it's Wayne Morgan. Wow. And now like, I'd love nobody, like is 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 Fran McCaffrey going to go have to go out to the the Carlos O'Kelly's in uh, Coralville and talk about this past week? I'd love to hear some of the questions from the fans. <laughs> now, coach, why is your why is your son still starting? <laughs> why is Patrick still starting? You know what's fascinating to me about Fran? is he is so agitated about everything during a game. Like, I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen a coach who's just mad like he is. Even like Bobby Knight, like, he picked his spots. He yelled at his players. and Like, Fran is just mad from the start. He just looks angry. But he's very pleasant most of the time in postgame. Yeah, postgame. He can get beat by 30. Yeah, you know what? That's a good question. I, you know, I think uh, I think our guys are, you know, they really they just need to, you know, we need to come out of the gates a little faster. We need to, you I, know, I thought for sure a little bit more physical on the defensive end. The Iowa State students were brutal to him on Thursday night. Like they were brutal, and they just got boat raced from the start. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. And he he couldn't have been a nicer guy in the post game. It was wild. <laughs> I mean, this guy has spent the last two and a half hours pissed about everything, and then he walks in there, blood pressure couldn't be lower, super chill. Yeah, uh, good question, Chad. Um, <laughs> it's like wild. It is. You're right. Like and he then could, TJ wins you, by you see 30. him chasing down a ref in the hallway, just berating him after the game, and then takes a left turn into the press conference room. Hey, how's everybody doing? I'd love to know the psychology of like him and officials. It's fascinating to me. 
Because I, I just don't know why he thinks it's positive to bitch about every call. Like, the 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 refs, like, if there's, like, a ref Christmas party, they have to all be sitting around bitching about Fran McCaffrey, right? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, How about last year, the, the stare down? The, the, he just stares yeah. the, the, the guy down for 15 seconds. That does not seconds. help your cause. <laughs> and then you have TJ, who doesn't say a word during the game. Like, he's just this machine out there. And his team wins by 25, and he comes there, and he's all jacked up. Looks like he's all... Uh, just did a hundred push-ups before he came in, and he's just intense as could be. It's a wild. These coaches, man, they are interesting people. All right, we're way over. This is why we, we are do what we over. do. We can go over. It doesn't matter. All right, Matty Van Winks. What is it now, Matt? Matty Van, Matty Van Dickelstein. <laughs> I'll take it. Stat of Van Winkle. Hey, Matt, real quick, if people want to get in, when are we doing our drawing? Thursday. For the... We'll do it Thursday. Why don't we Thursday. pick it? We should pick our winner for the, the promo on Thursday. Yep. We'll do it live. You still got time to cut your promo. Sit sit court, sit court, ringside with me and Staty Van Winks. Iowa get that sweat and come. that blood all over you. Yeah, man. John Cena. You might, you might, you might get whatever The Undertaker has. You might get it. He's Chris Hassel. My name's Chris Williams. Uh, appreciate our friends at Fairway for supporting the program and the Channel Seed Studios. We'll be back on Thursday. Iowa everywhere.